It's time for What's Up with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Morena, Prime Minister, how are you this morning? Morena, not too bad, thank you. Very windy here, though. Yes, it's definitely been a stormy week. Let's talk about the big flooding we've seen, because that's been quite uh, mm. alarming across the country, mm. uh, particularly for Nelson, of course, but the far north has also seen a lot of it. Marlborough uh, yeah. been racked with these floods. For communities stressed yeah. out about their homes and their futures, what reassurances can the government give about the ways yeah. we're going to protect them or, or move forward from this? Yeah, well... Of course, you know there's that immediate need, and so one of the uh, one of the things that we've seen, I've seen at least, change over the past few years in the emergency response stage is uh, the use of these co- of coordination centres, where we have, and they were there on the ground when I visited, EQC insurers working income. Uh, all uh, in one, and often iwi providers, all in one space, so they're able to support people immediately to file claims, get immediate access to housing and income support if they need it. Then there's a, you're, right, you're right to say that the longer term issues, you know, talking with the mayors down there and some of the areas in which we saw flooding uh, or slips, uh, some of them were newer areas, some mm-hmm. of them were known to be flood prone. Uh, and so they already had that overlay for, for council um, for council planning purposes. The, the issue is just the magnitude of what we're seeing. I mean, a, a metre of water over the course of several days. It's just extraordinary, mm-hmm. uh, an extraordinary weather event. So what we need to think about is when those events occur repeatedly, uh, how does that change some of the, the planning that's uh, or the way that we zone certain areas for development? So that's something that's in our national adaptation plan thinking. We know we need more data, we need better data to help councils with their planning. And we also need a plan if if there are residential infrastructure in certain areas that have those repeat events, how do we support communities to make decisions over whether or not those are areas that you retain or whether or not you start to over time uh, relocate. And that's, that's... what we're working through. The the head of the Insurance Council has said that in the future people can't necessarily expect to be covered for sea level rise yeah. as a known risk. Will the government consider an EQC style insurance for those homes in these in these risk areas? And this isn't this is an issue that um, David Clark uh, with his um, uh, commerce portfolio head on is working is working through some of these issues because rather than just finding people in a state where in the future insurers say, we're just not going to insure you anymore, we need to get in advance of that. So we know that that's not going to be um, a position anytime soon, but we want to get in front of that uh, so that we don't find people in those situations. Will this be something that you see, I guess, cross-party conversation about? Do you imagine there'll be a cross-government hub perhaps for talking about this? Well, these, these, I would hope so. There are some issues that I just don't think there should be politics in, and I would say this is one of them. But I would say equally, I think that it's, it would be really important that the cause of this issue has the same sense of uh, bipartisan uh, collaboration, and that would be climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that, in, that there's uh, you know, a degree to which, of course, we have to focus on adaptation, but we also want to... Uh, to, to stop uh, the cause or, or at least, you know, demonstrate that New Zealand is doing our bit uh, on mitigation as well. And that's where we haven't unfortunately seen quite, quite the same cross-party approach. Uh, the National Adaptation Plan says it's going to prioritise protecting the poorest and most marginalised communities. What kind of protections might these folks expect? 
And this is where we're, I mean, this is, in, in all honesty, those areas that we have seen that are often uh, most susceptible or vulnerable, um, we have often seen are in those uh, lower income, more isolated communities. We've seen um, the East Coast hard hit. We've seen the West Coast hard hit. We know South Dunedin is an area that's particularly vulnerable. And so this is where we've been at a very practical level, looking at the areas that have been continually seeing these repeat events and saying, can we develop a bit of a framework based on these experiences to how we can prevent and support those communities going forward? One of the issues is so central government, local government, insurers, each each of us have a part to play. So it is mm-hmm. about bringing us all together to work through some of the solutions. Well, let's hope for now that we at least get a break in the rain for a bit. That will definitely <laughs> be be good for the moment. Let, let's talk about Dr Gaurav Sharma. He's now been expelled mm. from the Labour Party, but he still remains as an independent MP. If he continues to level allegations against the party, how's the government going to deal with it now? Well, you're right, he's he's an independent. Um, We, of course, did offer um, independent mediation, so we thought that would be our way through uh, and, of course, preferable um, to continuing to make unsubstantiated allegations. Um, That's been rejected. So there's there's two things from us. Um, You know, the reason we've had this issue in the first place is because there were several staff members and uh, in Gaurav's office, who raised concerns over the way they were being managed, and, and a process was put in place to try and resolve those. And that's post the Francis Review. You might remember the mm-hmm. Francis Review was just to make sure that Parliament was a, you know, a healthier working environment. So we've made a suggestion to Parliamentary Services that this could be used as a case study, just to see how those interventions are working, and if we can improve the process, because it did take too long, and that will, of course, frustration on all sides, I'm sure. The second issue is we've now got this also the standards commissioner that's been appointed for parliament. If he has ongoing issues, I would absolutely encourage him to to take them um, to that proper place. Uh, We did not believe his allegations, um, which were unsubstantiated, warranted um, an inquiry. But if he believes they do, he is able to do that. Otherwise, continuing to litigate these things in the public domain when there are so many other important issues uh, for New Zealanders beyond his own, when he has other avenues to explore these, that would be what I would, what we would be focusing on. Are you concerned at all about how it's going to affect Labour in the polling? Well, look, I mean, I, I the, you know, I can only uh, continue to have confidence in the public that they'll see these issues for for, for what they are. Um, uh, but for our part, um, we've tried to give an opportunity and a chance. We initially um, uh, tried to you know, offer ways through. We suspended rather than expelled. We we gave every chance we could. And it was very sad for us yesterday. He has been a member of our team and so uh, disappointing to have come to this. Um, but I think people see that we've tr- we've tried. Well, let's talk a little bit about the changes to the working holiday scheme that have been announced this week yeah. and also to skilled migrant worker pay, which has been quite contentious. Uh, some people are saying it's discriminatory for the government to reduce the wage requirement for migrant workers to less than the median wage. Do you think that this policy is fair for those people? So so here's just to, just to be clear... Uh, these are thresholds that basically that you have to meet in order to be able to access someone from offshore in order to fill a role. So, uh, just to give you an example, we've been giving we've been hearing a lot that the hospitality industry is really struggling to hire in New Zealand. 
and so, um, and they're trying to rebuild after an incredibly tough pandemic period. Tourism sector's been telling us the same. And then there's a series of other sectors as well um, on that list. But just for example, so what this does is allow them that if they're unable to recruit in New Zealand, um, it allows them to be able to access uh, uh, offshore uh, uh, labour, but there is a requirement still that, the, that they have to pay a certain pay rate, and it's above minimum wage. The reason that we're talking about the medium plus threshold is because for anyone else outside of those sectors, they do have higher wage thresholds that they have to reach. What we're trying to do is make sure that for those sectors, we don't see wages being driven down as a result of accessing migrant labour. So you see the wages that are being attached to it generally sitting in the in the vicinity or higher than what you're already seeing in those markets. Now, someone who's who's been writing about this has been Bernard Hickey. In the spin-off today, he's written yeah. uh, saying that the New Zealand economy is being buoyed up by house prices and cheap international labour. Do you agree with that? And are you worried that past, this is an unsustainable way of working as a country? Past, I would, in the past, I would have agreed with that. I think we have seen periods where that's been the case. I do not agree with that now. In fact, one of the major complaints that we have is whether or not there's easy enough access to labour. Now, here's, here's the, the balance that we're trying to strike. We want to train our own workforce domestically. We want to make sure we're doing all we can to get our people into work. We've worked very hard to increase the number of apprentices, to increase the access with um, to, to training. We've got the first year free for um, post-secondary education, um, the apprenticeship boost and so on. But if people, um, after seeking that domestic labour, are unable to find it, then we have put in our um, thresholds, you know, essentially making sure that we aren't seeing wages suppressed as a result of bringing in skilled labour. So, yes, I would agree with them in the past, but I do not I do not agree with that now. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning, Prime Minister. It's great to speak with you. Thank we'll you. talk to you again in a few weeks. Take care. Take, take care. Ka kite. Ka kite. That was What's Up with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern.